You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Daniel Talbot. Daniel is an actor, director, writer, and theater producer, and he is so inspiring to me in his drive to just create work constantly. We have been trying to get our schedules together to chat for a while, and I'm grateful that he persisted in making this happen uh, during a busy time. Daniel is also a Juilliard alum, but we weren't at school at the same time. We have many mutual friends in common, and I've been an admirer of his work ethic and his work and his creativity and the joy with which he cultivates an artistic community for many years. We recorded this over Skype since Daniel is in LA right now, so the audio quality might be a little different than you're used to. I hope you enjoy the 35th episode of The Compass. How do you deal with the dark side as an artist? How do you try not to go to the dark side? <laughs> oh my god, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what what do you think the dark side is you know, for you? I don't I don't think you can ever control whether you go to the dark side or not. I think you, you can kind of choose how you're going to deal with it or how you're going to... You know, how, how I think of things is I just kind of... I'm really, I, I, you know, I've always kind of dealt with a lot of kind of, uh, I have really bad clinical depression. I have really, so I, I deal with a lot of that and I have a lot of anger issues as any of our teachers yeah. at Juilliard will tell you <laughs> <laughs> the, the holes in the walls. Um, but, uh, you know, but so I think my journey has been how to filter that into work and how to, how to. There's this great, I, I watch tennis a lot. I'm a huge tennis freak. Um, and there's this great saying in tennis, take care of your side of the net. So it all depends how you respond to how something is hit at you. Instead of instead of you trying to watch what's across and kind of worry about what's across from you. And it's not a selfish thing. It's actually a responsive thing. So it's actually about taking what something's giving you, including your own anger, your own darkness, your own bullshit. And, and then making a, a conscious, I guess it's a little bit like Alexander, right, from Julia. Yeah. You, you kind of redirect it and use it. And I fail at it a lot. You know, I get sucked into the, the BS a lot. I get down a lot. And, and that's always been my entire life. Um, but to me, it's you, you really, you know, you have choices. And you also, the great thing is that we, we, work, in a, we work in the arts. And so you can kind of, I've, I've always had this thing that you can flip everything into something beautiful. You can take all the shit and all the kind of things that are tough for you and transform it into physical action and action on stage or in film or whatever and and hopefully it'll make someone else's day better. And that always helps me kind of get through kind of the thing that we give, the thing we give through our work, our collective work together, I think is what gets me through kind of the dark times, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, of course. You seem like somebody who always has a million irons in the fire and you're doing a lot of different things, whether it's writing, directing, acting producing is that something that you started to find like right after school or how did you kind of put on all those hats I think like I I always wanted to do as many different uh, sides in the theater as possible that was always something really important to me like I, I love acting but I always knew that like acting was tough for me because I hate being in front of people that's <laughs> weird you know so it's yeah. funny that we went to Juilliard it's not a natural thing for me I hate talking in front of people I actually like a lot of alone time. So so I knew that I had to find different parts in the theater that I could do. Um, and, and I always knew that I wanted to tell, you know, there's stories that I want to tell from different angles. So sometimes it's great to be a small part of a story as an actor in some kind of group effort thing. And sometimes I want to write like a whole world. 
or sometimes I want to try to like work on a play that you can kind of help, uh, hopefully help kind of other people into a world or create a safe space where people can work, which is like the directing side of it. Um, I always love working on a lot of things, but it's also just because I'm excited about a lot of things. <laughs> you know, so a lot of it is about, you, you know, there's like 10 projects I want to do right now. And you know, because right. of the TV show, I can only kind of do one or two. So I'm really trying to be good and just focus on that and focus on the one or two other things. But I, I like, I, I like having work and I, you know, I never wanted to be, I never wanted anything to kind of tell me that I couldn't be working. Do you know what I mean? And, and I'm a real firm believer that there, you know, it may not be at Lincoln Center or it may not be on Broadway or you may not be paid a lot for it or even anything for it, but you can always, as an artist, be creating work. And that's a really, really important thing to me. You know, whether it's at Jimmy's, whether it's in a closet, whether it's in a bathroom, whether it's on a street corner, uh, whether I'm writing a play for, you know, a friend of mine who, you know, doesn't like to come out of their fucking house, so we have to do it in their house, <laughs> you know, a little like, uh, you know, Joseph Cornell style, um, you know, like, it, you know, it, you, there's always a way to be working, and I never wanted money or people's opinion or or I never wanted anything to get in the way of me being able to work as an artist, so that, that was kind of a rule for myself, and then once I set, like, I always think about, like, simple rules, like, I set very simple rules that I, like, it's about work, it's about my family, it's about my friends, and that's mm-hmm. what I think, and then I go, like, and it's about always be, being able to work, and I never, and so I go, cool, so those are my simple rules, <laughs> you know, they're, they're difficult in their simplicity, but then I'm like, so how, if I have five bucks, and I have, you know, a can of tuna fish, and I have my weird sparkling water that I drink, uh-huh. I too much weight from Coca-Cola, um, <laughs> and I have, you know, gum, and I have, like, some flowers, how do you make a play with that? You know what I mean? And we have, like, yeah. a funky little space that we can fit ten people into. And, and so I've always been, like, I always try to kind of look at what you have and kind of think about, I always love the stories like Richard Feldman would tell or, or you know, Robert Neff or someone about like old traveling player companies where they would like literally be starving when they came to town and they'd have to play for their food. I love that. You know what I, mean? <laughs> like, I love the desperation of that. I think it serves theater and art well in a funny way. Uh-huh. Um, and so I always wanted to go like, cool, so we have to play for our food. We've got zero money. Your wife is pregnant. She's going to give birth at any point. She can't play Desdemona anymore. So now you got to find some other way to play, <laughs> play Desdemona, girl, guy, whatever. Um, you know, so just like kind of that. I think theater people are great at being innovative with what they have, and that's what I've always loved. I, I think theater at its best is a, is a poor man's art form. You know what I mean? And I, I think we've turned it into something else with two hundred dollar tickets because people have had to to try to compete with the very corporate based society, but. But in our hearts, I hope that for me, I try to keep it as a poor man's art form, you know, so I go like, cool, I can always do it. As long as I have a space and a yard and my fucking legs and I can stand up and say something, I have the ability to do that. And so I just try to focus on that and... And then it doesn't feel so kind of bleak all the time when you're trying to raise thousands of dollars and shit. And you you feel like you've kind of always had that outlook or was it something you kind of learned once you were thrown into the, like thrown, thrown into the city after school? No, you know, I feel like I got that outlook from the Bay Area theater community. You know, like, I I grew up in the Bay Area theater community that has everything from, like, ACT and Berkeley Rep down to, like, the Magic Theater and Encore Theater. Um, And I was always hugely inspired by those companies and, like, the little kind of storefront theaters. Um, And, you know, I just always was like, there's a great feeling in that community, like... They, you know, they're poor theater artists living in one of the most expensive cities in the country, and they're like, we're going to make theater, you know, and, and, yeah. and so they always had that outlook, 
no one in the rest of the country was going to know who the fuck they are, but, but they, there was a lot of pride and a lot of hard work and just a lot of joy in that theater community that I love. And so I feel like that was my first big influence, and I feel like that influenced a lot of what I wanted to do and how I wanted to work. Like, I love Rising Phoenix Rep, and I love that it's small. I never wanted it to be a big theater company. I wanted to be able to, like, do, you know, 30 plays a year or do two plays a year, or if we're all working, you know, maybe we don't do a play for a year, then we do 10 plays the next year. And, you know, so I never wanted it to, you know, have to worry about rent, and I never wanted to have to worry about a subscribed season, because that puts a lot of pressure. You know, people give, you know, I constantly hear people grumbling about artistic directors, and I feel like I've gotten to do a lot of different things, you know, and, <laughs> um, and artistic, being an artistic director in this day and age is a really, 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 really hard job, especially at the theater yeah. company that, that has an overhead and a house and a home and they have a subscription audience. It's just things have changed so much that like, it's a, it's a hard mother effing job. So I'm glad that RPR has been very nomadic and has let me kind of, and all of us do the work outside we wanted to do. And then also been fle- a very flexible home to do the work we want to do inside as well. And, and so I really like that model. And I knew that model came from the Bay area and just wanting to kind of stay small, you know, and do the projects we want to do. How did you originally start it? It was actually after his first uh, year of Juilliard. So it was oh, in the while summer. you were still in school, awesome. Yeah, you know, and, uh, and I went, don't you, we signed that contract that we're not allowed to act outside yeah. of school, <laughs> <laughs> which I honored, but I did everything else. I wrote plays, I directed, I did everything but <laughs> um, So I stretched that a bit, but, um, but I, we started, yeah, I started it with this guy, Adam Gordon, who I knew in the Bay Area, and we did a kind of collective thing of pincher plays in San Francisco at the Marsh Theater, um, and then I met Addie, and Addie got involved at Chautauqua. And, um, you know, we were developmental theater for a long time and then became a producing theater when we kind of graduated from Juilliard. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's been awesome. It's good. And we've done everything from, you know, projects that are, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to $5. You know, so it's been a really, it's been a really cool thing getting to work that way. <laughs> so the, time, the times that you've done ones that have a larger budget, where does that come from? Um, it comes from everything from donations to grants to also, you know, we work, we have a producing partner that we work with a lot. Okay. So some of it comes from her foundation um, and also co-productions, teaming up with other companies. Um, you know, so it's, so it's been great, you know, and, um, but also the years that we haven't had anything, you know, we did, you know, it was one of our most kind of largest outpour of plays that we did, but I think it was like 30 four plays in the year or something and that and we had almost no budget that year at all that was all because of jimmy's and chino nights and stuff like that so so we just again you kind of were like what do you got what do we have this year and what are we going to (laughs) do so So your wife is an artist as well yeah can i ask how it is for you guys to be in a partnership with two artists you know it's it works great for us. It's really, I know it's, it's different for every couple. Mm-hmm. I know I, I, we have so many, you know, friends that are in the theater that have, you know, some of which are still together, some of which are not. Um, you know, I, I never thought I would get married. I never, I was like the freaky bisexual kid at Juilliard. You uh-huh. know, what the <laughs> fuck to do with me? You know, I was screwing around with everybody and then nobody. And they're like, you know, and I never thought I'd get married. And then I met her. And so it, it you know, she made my life make sense. And like, and, and, and I hope I make her life make sense too. Um, you know, and so it just, I, I think our relationship is as everyone's relationship is so different, but we, we make it work, you know, we both, but we also are both flexible. Like she's a brilliant actor, but she also is a theater producer, you know, and she's an incredible mom. And like when she got pregnant, it was, you know, a vacation pregnancy it was not a planned pregnancy. Yeah. And, 
you know, and so we, you know, we were like, oh shit, you know, I was doing a playoff Broadway, which was awesome, but it was like, you know, like you get paid like $400 a week or some shit. It, you know, we were like, oh my God, there's a kid coming. And it's, it, you can do it when it's just you and no kid, but the minute you add a kid to the equation, it's a whole, it's a, it's a terror that I had never experienced before. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and so, you know, she really wanted to be a hands-on mom. So when she, you know, it was her choice. And when, when we got pregnant, she was like, I want to step back from acting for a bit and I want to be a mom. You know, and she's like, and so theater producing allowed her to do that. And, and she works with our producing partner a lot. And, you know, so it, it was, we're very flexible and we, we put our, our, our family and our work is kind of a single unit. So we don't separate it. And, and sometimes the work has to suffer. So our family is good. And sometimes we push into our family to kind of stretch the, a limit to make work work, you know, make work work in a way. Uh-huh. Um, but we always just make sure our family is first and that if there's a job that's going to kind of be tough for our family, we don't do it. You know, and, 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 I, and there's been some big jobs that I've turned down because it, it did not work for our family. You know what I mean? And, and so that's just a decision we made um, with the type of career we wanted to have. You know, and so there's some jobs I turned down that I'm like, ooh, that would be a really, you know, <laughs> looking back, I was like, wow, you know. Uh, you know, but, but also, like, that's important to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, you know... I don't, I don't think that's everyone's choice, but that was how we do it for ourselves, you know, and, um, we also have a rule that we're never apart longer than two weeks. Um, and it's just no matter what. And, and there, we pull our kid out of school and they get pissed Mm -hmm. off at us or we, you know, we're just, or we spend money that we don't have to just make sure that we are never apart for longer than two weeks. And, and that's been really, really great. Yeah. Two weeks. That's ambitious. It's hard. It's going on 18 years. So yeah, that's amazing. Frankie and I have spent a lot of time apart as well. And we're, you know, looking ahead, we want to have kids. And so it's gives me hope to see couples who are both artists who have made work. Yeah, you get awesome. I love you guys. I think you're so badass, so I hope you guys have kids. It really does give me hope. We'll see. We're still trying to figure it out. It's hard to get past that idea that you have to um, win the lottery to be able to afford them yeah it's, it's why we're doing a lot of tv and film stuff now we're trying to because it's you know as is frankie i know and um it's the only way you can afford to do it you know yeah. it's like i'd like to i mean well you did house. it you did it for a long time before you had that right before you started working in tv yeah I mean, we did theater it, 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 but you know we always paid our bills doing theater and i i, I, I that, that's like a big badge of honor for me i was like we did it we well that's what i was gonna bills. ask like if you've had to deal with other day jobs or you worked it out I've been lucky I haven't you know like I think with like teaching and directing and acting like we've cobbled together a way to pay our bills you know sometimes very leanly um that's amazing we've we've gotten through as theater artists you know but but it also you get to a point where like you know I don't want a big house but I'd love to own a house one day and I'd love to go on we've never been on a family vacation yeah you just don't want to worry Yeah, and I really want to do that at some point. And, and I also love TV and film and theater. And so to me, it's actually about doing all three together and seeing how they influence each other and kind of building a bridge between the three um, is what's important to me. You know, and, and trying to, you know, always wanting to live and work in New York and always wanting also living and working in L.A. And we're from California originally. So yeah. so trying to find a way to kind of work in both places and um, and also maybe buy a house one day, which would be awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you enjoy teaching? I love teaching. I, you know, it's, it's, I mean, some days, depending on the student, some days you want to rip your face off because you're just like, oh my God, they hate me. And like, <laughs> you know, I'm not making any sense to them. Um, Have you taught I, a range of uh, 
age ranges or has it been mostly one thing? Yeah, I've taught a huge range of age ranges and also done directing, acting, and playwriting. Yeah. Um, and I, I love it. I mean, I, you know, I just, I've been teaching a lot at NYU Strasburg the last year and they are some of my favorite students I've ever had in my life. And I think they are such fucking badasses. All three of the classes I've taught, and I just, I literally was like, every day I went there, I could not wait to get there and hang out with them and work with them. And they were so game and so hungry and so kind of vicious in a great way in their work, you know, like just wanting, like so fucking hungry. And um, and I just got to direct one of the classes uh, in a commission for Charlotte Miller, and it was just so much fun, you know, and I, so I love teaching. And I actually want to try to do it out here if I can find a place that will have me. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you first become involved with Rattlestick Theater? That, through, I think through Lucy Thurber. I think uh, Lucy's like, you know, is like my sister. She's one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, it was a long time ago. So I want to say it was Lucy. And that's how I remember it in my head. And she, she might hear this and be like, was it fucking me? You know? <laughs> Just take the credit. Take the credit. <laughs> then, then I'm fucked because I, how I remember it is that it was Lucy introduced me to David Van Assel, Um And they also got to know me as an actor before they got to know me as a playwright. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as Dennis. And, you know, because he, he did plays there as well. And, um, and then I had this play that was done at the Royal Court when I was at Juilliard called Canvas that then became slipping and it, it became slipping on working it with David. Yeah. Um, David has been, you know, he's like family to me. He's been a huge influence in my life. Um, I also love Daniela Topol, so I'm really excited about that. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, so it's, you know, like I, that's been one of my home bases and I just love that theater so much. And, you know, I love David so much. And so he's been a huge influence in my life. I always love everything that I see there and you know much more about his history probably than I do, but it's, it's always interesting to go, and it's such a scrappy space. Yeah, I love and that like space. scrappy, I mean, scrappy, challenging <laughs> work that they produce, which I love. And but it, now that neighborhood that surrounds it is so wealthy <laughs> and like historical, but so wealthy at this point. It's an interesting contrast, which I kind of love. Yeah, I love it too. I mean, you sometimes there's been nights that we walk around and you know you're struggling financially as a small theater company and you're like oh my god when the Paltrow just sold her house for like 19 million dollars <laughs> and you're like holy fuck um and like we can't buy paint and know, we're doing this theater. play um, held together with duct tape across the street <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes i'm like we should just knock on Liv tyler's door and just be like give us some money for the paint you know? yeah <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> you know not that she that's her job but um <laughs> You know, but but I I think that little stretch of street kind of between the Waverly Inn and um, Rousick is one of my favorite places in New York. And it's really beautiful. There's been many a night pacing out there while the show's opening, just kind of pacing around <laughs> on that street, just going, oh my God, please let it be good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I will never, I love that place. I really love how much um, it seems that collaboration is so important to you and the, the group of people that you pull around you is so uh, deep and incredible and you all seem so close and like a second family what role is having that kind of support had in your artistic life it, it, is, it's it, is it something you like what? you built out of necessity or did it just happen you know it, it's a huge this will be a huge answer and it will be like family is really important to me mm-hmm. my family is very 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 complicated uh how i grew up is very complicated I have to be careful what I say because my mom listened to this. I, I said something in, a, in an interview for a play I directed this year that I thought was a good way of putting it, and she was really devastated and pissed off at me. So, yeah. you know, I grew up 
very extreme on both ends, a lot of craziness, um, you know, but family was always something very important to me. And I am not as close with my own family as I would like to be. Um, I'm close to my brothers and my sisters who mean the world to me. And I, you know, theater was very much a home for me. You know, I didn't really have a home until I found theater. And so theater's always been my home. Hopefully theater plus TV plus film will now be my home. <laughs> um, so it'll be an expanded home. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but it, it's always, so family's always been, you know, and I think of, I mean, you become a family when you work together, you know, when you fight, when you love each other, when you find someone you make love with, make babies with, like just across the board, theater becomes a family in the best ways and the hardest ways. And I think that there's a closeness, family at its best, I think is also represented in the theater at its best. And, um, you know, so it was a natural thing how close we all, a lot of us became. Um, And I learned a lot about that this year. It's been a, it's been a, you know, like we worked on a project, the last project we worked on Rising Phoenix um, was playing San Francisco and, you know, we all went in as family and some of us came out and I ended my friendships with a couple of people on that show. Um, and so that was the first time I've done that in my life. And, yeah, I was and, and I think ask that, about that if it ever comes to that. What? I was going to ask about that if it ever comes to that. It does when it's not a two way street, you know what I mean? And so I think, I think the evolution of that question and I think the evolution of me learning through theater, what family is, is that family you support your family. You are always there for your family. You're loyal to your family, but it's also got to come back at you. And that's a component I think I did not understand until probably the last. I think it's a component because in my own family, my, my blood family, that I have been really, that I've never really understood. That I, so I've, you know, you give and you give, you're loyal, you're loyal. And even if someone's shitting on your face and not being loyal back, I'm like, I'm still loyal. You're my right. family. You know what I mean? And, and it's not. It's a two-way street. You've got. You have to give and also, in return, get fed in a funny way, and that's a healthy relationship. And so I learned a lot about that this year, <laughs> and um, and and in a good way. And nothing, you know, and, and not saying like nothing but love to these people. Mm-hmm. And I really actually have no. It's been a good growing up year in a very good way, and I think kind of taking the idea of family to hopefully a more mature, loving, and deeper level in a funny way. Me kind of, you know, forgiving my own family in a funny way and and also understanding my part in that. Do you know what I mean? And also, yeah. and, and hopefully with love and with letting go, you know, kind of learning that through a difficult situation with a play, you know, if that makes sense at all. And, yeah. you know, but nothing but love and respect and, you know, but, but a, it, a really, a good relationship has to be a two way street, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing that I never understood because of my blood family. And so, and now I've learned it hopefully almost 40 years old. You know, it's been a long time. Um, well, sometimes you have to live, learn it a few times too. <laughs> it's a lesson I'll probably have to learn again. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and then maybe, and maybe these people will come back into our life and we'll both be better for it. And we'll have a stronger relationship because of that. Right. And it's not, I think we'll have learned a lot from each other and have given a lot to each other. And also things change and people move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's also part of life. And it's 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 been an, it's been an extreme crazy year, <laughs> but but great, you know, and like a lot of good stuff to learn from, and um, and just trying to kind of be positive about it. But I feel like I feel like I have a deeper respect for it in a funny way after this year, and 
and that's got to be harder earned and harder won and you can't take advantage of of people that are good to you in a funny way loyalty is a very important thing that's what i would say (laughs) and then you know and if it's not there don't get angry about it but you've got to move on in a funny way so yeah well along those lines have you ever had jobs that are a little bit more commercial they're not of your own creation where Um, yeah absolutely i mean especially as an actor right and but where you're working with people who aren't your family and it's okay (laughs) and you just need to get through this professional experience together you know, I still treat people, I really try to still treat people regardless with the same openness and respect that I treat those people with, you know I mean? Cause that's important to me. Like I, like I don't, I'm not good at going, Oh, business, this is business. This is art. This is, you know, it, it all feels the same to me. Like I, I kind of go, like, I want to be good to someone and you know, and you don't, I, I'm not talking about oversharing. I'm not talking about being selfish and stealing time. I'm, and kind of, I'm not talking about forcing a relationship, Right. But I'm talking about with going into something and being vulnerable and being open and being giving in the same way that I would with people who I know well, with people like that's how I like to work, you know, and, and, and but then at the same time, that isn't for everybody. And so you've got to really be keep your ears and your kind of eyes and your heart open and go, what's good for the people that are in the room with you? Do they do they need a place where they can just be business? Do you know right. what I mean? And so how do you bring your best person, your best sense of self to that? But, you know, I do I do a lot of jobs that are not with our I, I would actually say most of the jobs I've done are actually not with our company. They are professional, you know, kind of jobs that you're hired for. Um, and but I do try to bring the same sense of openness and kind of joy and fun and also extremely hard work to to those jobs as well. And sometimes it works great. <laughs> sometimes people are like, who is this like crazy utopian person? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so and you know, and, and people can you know, people can think you're too nice and think that you're stupid because you're nice, even if you're not. Like people take kindness in our society as weakness in a very funny way. Uh-huh. And I actually think it's much harder to be kind in our society. It takes a lot more strength to truly be kind than it does to be a dick and to be selfish. Um but it's funny how people view uh, kindness in our society. They do view it as weakness. And mm. it's, you know, it's, it's very funny. Like, I, I'm very fascinated why we mm. live in a culture that, that kindness and selflessness and vulnerability and sharing is actually considered yeah. bad. <laughs> a funny especially, thing, you know? especially for men, probably, I would assume. Yeah, you know, I've always been, I feel like I ride the weird, I'm a weirdo in that way. Like, I feel like, you know, I love baseball and I love tennis. I also love fashion. I also, you know, love Rihanna. Like, it's like, I'm a weird dude. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm who I am and I'm honest about who I am. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I don't, I I feel like I fall between the two. Like, I understand, I I feel very comfortable on both sides of it. Um, I feel like a, a lot of artists do, and I feel grateful to have a lot of those men in my life, but there are... Uh, those expectations put on masculinity, I feel like that where yeah, it's like being open, sharing, listening are not valued. No, it and, and just in general, like it's in our culture it's it's a very pronoun based culture. <laughs> you know, so um you know, but it's but that's not how I view theater. It's not what yeah. I think. I don't, I don't know how you do theater that way. I mean, theater in the end to me is it, it's the, the giving of a gift to someone else. It's not about you in the end. It's about building the best thing you can with other people, uh, the best parts of everybody else, and then giving it. You give it away. You know, each night yeah. you give it away, and it and it's never the same twice. Every night you have to build a new gift and give it away, and it, so it is a selfless act. I think theater at its best, but we don't always 
treat it that way, which it's, is a sad thing. Yeah, I so, feel like a lot of the business tends to try to push people into that egotistical place. You're, you're either because you just want to work so much, you're focused on yourself, or because you want it to be about you, you're so focused on yourself, and that's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. You know, like, and, and that's why, again, I try to go back to simple rules. Like, I go, cool, so think about the work of it. And, and if you do great work, your work and your talent is what people can't take away from you. You know, all the other shit, if you, get, you you can spin yourself out about it and you can't control it in a funny way. You can't control if someone's going to like you. You can't control if they're going to like your work. What you can do is you can work hard and you can you can be kind to people, whether they're kind to you, and you can bring your best work to the table. And that's what, that is the job you can do. And if you do that and you put it out there and you do it consistently, I believe that it will, you know, you'll, you'll find some career. It may not be the career you want. It may not be Jess Essane's career. Or right. It may, it may not, not be, be what you, you know, pictured. Um, yeah, it will never be what you pictured. I, I don't think hers is what she pictured. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, she has an amazing career and she's a badass, but it but it, it will never be what you picture. Do you know what I mean? And and that's also the beauty of theater. It's never, it, it, you always think it's one thing and then it becomes something else, mm-hmm. which is the twist that makes theater great. You know what I mean? And so you have to be open to, being surprised. I mean, so the element of surprise is such an important part of drama. And and if you're not willing to be surprised, if you're a control freak, you're going to be deeply disappointed all the fucking time. Because that's not how theater works. It's not its nature. It's, it's, it's ocean-like. You know, it moves right. in ways you'll never understand. And it's big and deep and scary. And it will always surprise you. And sometimes it'll suck you down and drown you. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you can, like, go to the beach and it's beautiful. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so... So you found a way to kind of embrace that element of surprise, embrace that unknown. Yeah, have to. Like, I think we can't go on stage knowing, like, you can't know in a funny way. Like, you've got to know a lot and be prepared to go on a journey and then go, this journey is not at all what I thought it would be. And that's, there's actually, that's kind of where the good shit is. I think especially on stage or as an actor, as a director, Mm -hmm. You know, you cut, you work hard, you come in with a plan, and then you always, you know, like if you're a boxer and you go in the ring with someone and you're a fucking badass and you're doing something great, but they're kicking your fucking ass, you better alter your plan in that ring or they're going to kick your fucking ass. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like, you know, and, and it doesn't, you know, you, it, it, you've always got to kind of, you always have to respond. I mean, theater is about response, you know, it's about surprise and response and, and so is TV and so is film. And, you know, a lot of people say it's about business. It's all that. But the work part of it, the part that I try to focus on yeah. is about that stuff, I think, you know. Can we talk a little bit about your transition into this new job, this TV writing job? Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> like it's, I, you know, it's, I'm scared. I, I, you know, it's like I really like to in the best way possible, really kick ass at what I do and try to, you know, and, and, and I don't know this world as much. So, so, yeah. you know, even if I fail in the theater, I at least feel like I have some tools that I've found out to kind of at least be in the room. Do you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> so and you know what it is. Do you, and have you mostly written by yourself? Yeah. Is this like different to be like in a writer's room? Yeah. Which is, it's awesome. You know, it okay. actually feels kind of like, I, I try to think of it like rehearsal because there's a lot of different ideas popping around and it's how I like to rehearse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I, I love it. You know, I've always wanted to do theater, TV, and film. Um, I got to do it as an actor, which was cool. Um, you know, so I've always wanted to do it, but, but it's also hard in the theater because you can't really slow down or you can't pay your bills. So it wasn't that it wasn't like, it wasn't almost like I've waited and now I'm transitioning. I seem to be like, Oh, now you're doing this. I was like, I've always wanted to do this, but in order to pay my rent, 
I needed to do like play after play, teach after teach. Like it couldn't, it couldn't stop. There was no room for anything else. And and I luckily met this these really wonderful uh, managers uh, through Seth Numerick actually when we were out here okay. working on play together. Um, and you know, it was also one of my family members. And I love him. Um, but they kind of were like, "This that's awesome." But if you ever want to do it, you have to slow down. You're gonna just have to take that risk. And and so I was so glad that someone said that to me, and um, and that I did. And I'm really, it's been awesome. Like I'm scared to death. Like I go, I go every single day. I'm insecure as fuck. I, I don't know where I'm at in the room. Um, but I just try to focus on the work, and the people are really wonderful and really good. And um, I'm learning so much from them. There's this amazing woman, Amanda, uh, who's the second, um, and. I love her. Like, I just think she's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, she's a woman in Hollywood, which I think is a fucking hard thing, even harder than probably being a woman in the theater, which is also a hard thing. But she's classy, and she's smart, and she just she just works harder, you know, which I've so always loved that. I've you're already finding your people. Yeah, you, where you go, like, you just go, you know, I've always loved that. Yeah, shit's harder for women, absolutely. She acknowledges that everyone, you know, but she's like, I'm going to work harder. It's going to make me better. Do you know what I mean? And, the, and those are champions. Those are great people. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And so I'm really impressed by her. I'm impressed by everybody. And I love Christian, who's the showrunner. He's from Denmark, so he comes from also a very different world. Awesome. So, you know. Can you just tell us a little bit about the show so people know? It's, it's a new show uh, for Weinstein Company, for Spike TV, um, based on The Mist by Stephen King. Um, but it's a very character drama-based version of it. So it's I, I love that it's more about the town and kind of <laughs> the shit people do in really bad situations to each other. Um, and I, I'm having a blast. Like, I love it. And I feel That's so awesome. lucky to have that job. And, and so I hope, I hope it goes well. I hope they like me. <laughs> I, hope, I hope they don't. Kick my ass to the curb. So, Addie and your son out there with you full time, or are they kind of going back and forth? Bailey, right now they're going back and forth because he doesn't finish school in New York until um, the end of June, and then we're actually going to get an apartment out here and uh, and, and make the move. You know, yeah, make make a move. We just can't afford an apartment on both coasts. We really tried to make it yeah. work, um, and we have for two years. You know, we have, but we just have. If we ever want to kind of save up and buy a house, we need to kind of commit to one coast or the other right now, and. Um, so we are going to get an apartment out here, let go of our place in New York because our lease is up. It's also not where we want to live, you know, when we go back to, but our, our ultimate plan is to hopefully one day have a house, a place, small place in New York and a place, small place here and be able to work in both places. That's our dream. That's the Um, dream. Yeah. And here you can actually maybe that dream could financially maybe become true in a way that I, I can't make it come true there. Um, and also there's projects I'm doing in New York, so I'll go back and do a play in New York and come back here and there's projects we're doing in San Francisco and hopefully a project in Seattle and, you know, so we'll, you know, we'll still travel around and do work and there's a ton of theater stuff we're working on here and, um, you know, so it's, it's the same. It's just that we, I, I, unfortunately we can't afford to have both right now. It's breaking my heart. (laughs) So do you find that being like close to the ocean and nature is having an effect on you? That, you know, I'm a huge ocean freak. I wanted yeah. to be a marine biologist before I was a um, theater person. And, uh, and so the ocean is a huge part of my life, especially the Pacific Ocean. And that is, like, my savior. Like, I went there last night and just walked around, and it, it is the best thing in the world to me. I, I literally – and I felt that way. Like, in New York, I couldn't go out as much because just even to get to, like, the Hamptons or Rockway, like, it's out there, you know what I mean? And, and it's a schlep on the subway with your kid. And I love being able to just jump in a car and sit on the beach for two hours here. Like, that's actually been amazing. And the hiking here. And, um, you know, I like, I like, it's very quiet here, which I like, you know. And, um, 
you know, and we don't know as many people. So some nights you're like really lonely, like, oh, fuck, I just want to go see the play. <laughs> you know, and I, miss, and I miss my friends so much. Like, yeah. I miss my family. Um, but we also have some family members out here, too, like uh, McLeod and Michelle and Charlotte and Sarah. And, um, so it's there's some great people out here, too. And, um, you know, so it's, it's been awesome. And, you know, we'll, we'll still try to go back and forth and do projects in both places, which is great. Is there something that you're proud of from, like, the last year that you want to tell me about? Like, some lesson that you learned or something that's maybe not obvious but that you were really proud of? I could tell. I could see the big thing I'm working on, uh, specifically from that project that we talked about, um, is is just again like uh, empathy, you know, for myself and for others. I, and you know, and I've always tried to be empathetic. I think I am good at it sometimes. Sometimes I'm just really fucking mad at people, and I don't understand a lot of what I think. There was a lot of bullshit on that show, in my opinion, and a lot of bad behavior and a lot of childish behavior. And but that's my opinion. And I think everything does. Everyone is trying to do their best. And and so what I'm really working on is trying to just I don't even have to understand what the actions are, but just go like to just love people and, and not put yourself in harm's way if you feel you're not in a bad relationship, yeah. but at the same time, not being angry about it. And just going like that's the journey they're on for whatever reason, and to try to understand it the best I can at a distance, and go that's your journey. Do you know what I mean? So I'm trying to. That's something I am struggling with. Um, you know, proud of. I you know I. It's hard for. It's funny. That's a hard thing for me. Like that's I. It's a weird I, question. I know. I, you know, I I loved working on like. Um, I was proud of the work that Charlotte Miller and I did with the guy and, and that the NYU students did with the amount of time we had on that show. You know what I mean? I really felt like we were under the gun and there was not enough time to do that show properly. There was not enough of a lot of things to do that show properly, not because of anyone's fault at all, but I was proud that we were like, okay, this is going to be like a fucking punk rock concert. The lights aren't going to work. <laughs> so, you know, nothing's going to be built right. It's fine. Let's just fucking do it. And and those fucking, and I don't mean kids in a bad way. And if you guys are listening to this, I don't think it means kids. I just, I, I use the word kids because I'm like old and chubby now. Um, but, but, you know, but they were just awesome. And they were, they were so, they took care of each other in the most beautiful way. And they were so fearless and they were so balls out and just awesome. They were awesome. And, and I loved working with them and I was really proud of working with them. Um, and I loved getting to work at the Actors Studio. Like I loved directing Lyle Kessler's play there. That was such a dream for me. And the cast was just extraordinary. And um, so I was proud of the work on those plays. You know, with the time that we had, with, with the limitations we had. Um, and and I think it's a good thing that I'm trying to work on the empathy thing. You know, I'm trying to, you know, what is, you know, to, that that friendship's a two way street. But you also, you know, people have different ideas of what a relationship is, and you have to kind of go cool, this isn't working for me, but it doesn't mean you're a shitty person. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And and I don't want you in my life in that way anymore, but it doesn't mean you're a shitty person. And I'm trying to kind of let, because because I, I kind of, when I feel fucked over by someone, I'm just like, fuck you. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, and, and that's my right. first instinct 
and I don't ever want it to be that instinct anymore. Do you know what I mean? And so I, and so that's the big thing I'm working on. And I'm proud that I'm working on it. I fail at it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but, but even I'm being aware on. that it's something you need yeah. to work on is huge. Yeah, I don't want to be pissed off at anyone anymore in my life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't, it's not, unless that's what it needs to be for a play or like <laughs> or something that I'm working on. But in my life, life is too fucking short and people don't treat each other well enough and they're not loyal enough and they're not, we're not good enough friends and we're not good enough family members to each other. Overall, we're too wrapped up in our own shit. I think societally me very much included and I want to be better at that and healthier about how I choose to do that. And that's what I, so that's a big thing that I'm aware of, like you said, but you know, still really struggling with it. <laughs> so not proud of it yet, but working on it. <laughs> All right, is there anything like really concrete that you reach for over and over if you're having one of those days where you, you are feeling like you're going to the dark side or you're feeling uninspired or um, just down? Are there any like books that you always reach for, or music that you listen to, or places you go in those moments? I go to the ocean when I'm in California. Yeah. Um, Ocean literally on on that project saved my life. I went there probably almost every other day and Mm -hmm. just walked on the beach, walked my way through it in a funny way. Um, And I I always, I love Follies of God, the James Grissom book. That's been a huge inspiration to me in the last two years. Just just people that I have been kind of the touchstones, what I think are great, like Geraldine Page and Kim Stanley and Marion Seldes and stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm. Irene Worth, you know, um, Maureen Stapleton, just people that I go, oh, these people are just, their work's extraordinary, their views on art are extraordinary, what they did in the theater is extraordinary, and, and film and TV, and so I, I just, I try to surround myself with that type of stuff all the time, um, but also just the work, like, I find that, like, it, you just go, you know, like, I love uh, the most simple and best thing to me in the world is the place, The Thing by Shakespeare, you know what I mean, and it is the work is the thing, you know, and so it, so you just start working, you know, and usually about three hours after working, you've gotten a lot of work done, and I'm not as pissed off, and I don't feel as bad after. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, you kind of you kind of exercise it through the work, yeah, and through action. You know what I mean? And and because if if you walk around and think about it all day and wallow in it it, it, it sometimes works itself out. Sometimes it works itself into deeper. But if you put it into something that that becomes hopefully something of use to someone else then I feel like you're serving a purpose with kind of the bullshit. And that's, I think, our job, you know, in the end. And um, and so I, and that's that's how I try to do it. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I just go listen to fucking music and walk around and get, I don't you know, but but I do just try to kind of work yeah. um, or see work or, or kind of go to nature in a funny way. Is there anything that you've seen recently that you want to recommend? Any, any shows, oh. friends stuff or anything? You know, I've got, I haven't, sadly, I haven't gotten to see a lot of plays because yeah. I've been here. Um, I love Daphne's Dive. Uh, and stuff. I just saw it last night. It was so um, good. You know, so I think that's badass. Um, really I feel bad because I got to see it, but then I didn't get to stay after and say hi to anybody because mm-hmm. I literally was like taking off. Um, but I fucking, I just thought it was so beautiful. It seeing was them really on stage. beautiful. Frankie's classmate, Samira, who played yeah. the, the young girl. She was amazing. Yeah. It was really nice to see her in that. And I, I, it reminded me of so many other plays, like Savage and Limbo and yeah. all it was that just, stuff. It was great. I thought the ensemble acting was, it was so joyous. Like, they were such a team. And, and I just thought they were beautiful on stage together. Um, 
I really, I, The Lobster really freaked me out, the movie The Lobster. I really want to see that. I haven't yet. I, I really, it stuck with me a lot. Um, I, you know, I also saw, God, I, that, and then, um, what is the Richard Linkletter film about baseball? I'm not sure. It is, is that right now? The Richard Linkletter baseball film. I loved that movie. I actually huh. really, I loved how innocent it was. Like, it was like, it was just, I, I really dug it. You know, it's a small, small, quiet film, so you can't expect anything huge from it. Um, but, you know, like, like those are the, um, I've been reading a new Orson Welles biography that I really like about young, about Orson Welles before he did Citizen Kane, so about the theater mostly. Um so those are the things that I I got to see Rihanna in concert, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that really inspired me. I was like, that Rihanna, awesome. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, you know, so yeah, so those are those are the things I've gotten to see recently that I really liked. Um, uh, the movie Mustang. Did you see the movie Mustang? No, it's incredible. Like that was one of my favorite movies that I that I saw from. It was from last year, but I got to see it recently. What's it about? It's about these girls that are kind of coming of age in their sexuality, and they're almost like locked down. And it's about their journey from their their father, huh. and it's it's a really really wonderful wonderful movie. Um, so yeah, so that's the stuff I've seen. <laughs> Did I love see... Transparent season two. I thought it was awesome. Oh, Cherry it was Jones so fucking killed that shit. Um, I mean, this came out last year, but speaking about like the Bay Area, did you see Diary of a Teenage Girl? Yes, Mari Heller is actually a friend. Like I know her a little bit, and uh, and she is awesome. And I thought she fucking killed it. I thought I it was so beautiful. And her husband's movie Pop Star I saw yesterday, and I thought it was awesome. I laughed my ass off. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, good. That's a lot of good recommendations. Great. Good. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.